0: Welcome to Houser Community Church Online. Let's join pastor as the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts and unpacks the Word of God for us. After the message, we'll tell you how to contact us. Would you join me in the pastoral prayer? Lord God, Father of mercy, thank you for your great love, a love, that will not let us go. Even though we stumble, you are there to help us up and to set our feet upon the rock. Truly our hope is in you alone, Lord. Forgive us for saying and doing that which is not holy or godly, for not saying what we should, for not doing what you have led us to do. May we all in word and deed do all to the glory of God. We lift up those among us, family members and friends that need healing and ask that by the power of of the Holy Spirit, you would touch lives, you would heal bodies, you would restore faith, you would lift up our eyes to your praise and to your glory. We pray for those, all those in authority as the word compels us here in our country, in our state, in our towns, in our cities, in our schools, and throughout the world so that Christians everywhere can meet and worship freely. We know that this is not the case in many areas of the world. Yet we continue to pray more and more as darkness approaches that the light of the gospel of Christ would shine brighter and brighter until a new day dawns. We also wanna say a special prayer for Pastor Greg, for Nikki, for Caden, for Jackson, as they visit family in Texas, that there be times of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord. Bless them, strengthen them, give them health and safety as they travel. Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. I think this is the time to uh, release the children, the children's church. It says right here, release the children. Good morning again. Welcome to Hauser Church, if this is the first time. For all the rest of you, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so, we, uh, we read, um, the reading was with uh, Psalm 42 earlier. I have this old uh, 1901 version of the American Standard Bible. It says before this psalm, for the chief musician, a mascal for the sons of Korah. I just want to let you know right now, a mascal has nothing to do with masking. So just to clarify that right now. It's a literary work, a Hebrew literary work. And there is a 17th century <clears throat> Puritan preacher uh, who said um, that, described this psalm as an argument with yourself. Uh, My soul thirsts for God on the negative side. My soul thirsts for God. My tears have been my food day and night, not not a positive thing. Where is your God? Why are you cast down? I say to my God, why have you forgotten me? My adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? And yet this same preacher also said that this is a sermon that we should preach to ourselves because there's a positive side. Why are you cast down? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. My adversaries taught me hope in God. Who is our adversary? Well, back then, the adversary was tribes and ethnic groups that sought to destroy the children of Israel. And today, the adversary is the devil, the enemy according to John 10.10, who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And one of the things the enemy wants to do is he wants to take hope from you and to leave you with hopelessness. So we should praise the one who gives us hope, who fills us with hope, who is our hope. If you feel like the heaviness of life has been put on you and in you, and you feel it right here, you need to hope in God. If you're anxious about your health, uneasy, you're worried, you're in pain, we are here to pray for you. Hope in God, your help. If you are troubled by politics and the state of the government, first, hope in God. Second, stay away from the internet. If you're stuck in sin, confess your sin. He is faithful and righteous to forgive us all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hope in God. If you're worried about your kids and your grandkids and your family members and their spiritual condition, why are you cast down? Bring all your cares to the Lord. Hope in God. I know and we all know that there are plenty of issues all around us today, pulling at us, calling us to run to the television, to run to the internet, to read all about it, as we used to say in the olden days. There is nothing wrong with being informed on the pandemic, on vaccines, on politics, tragedies, school closures, there's nothing wrong with that. But our desire to be informed can exact a very high price And I'm not talking about your internet bill. I'm talking about the cost of dividing ourselves from our family members, our friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Society's obsession with being informed does not have to be our obsession. It could cost you our joy. It can cost us our peace. It can cost us our happiness, our mental health, our daily walk with the Lord, our time in the word, our prayer, our time in fellowship. And no, I'm not talking about not being informed and I'm not talking about avoiding news altogether. I'm not talking about not voting and, or not getting involved. If the Lord has led you to be involved, get involved. But we know, we should know Uh, the issues we should know the candidates and where they stand and we should be prayerful right and pray and we should vote according to our conscience and the lord's desire paul speaks to timothy and he says this first of all then i urge that supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made to all people for kings and all who were in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the full knowledge of truth, amen. Do you pray? Do you pray for those in authority? Do you pray for the president, regardless of what party he is in or she is in? <laughs> Do you pray for the state, our state, and our local officials? Why should we pray? Because so that we, can, we might live a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified. In other words, my opinion is that it means that we can live a Christian life, that we can worship freely, We take this for granted, but in many places, you cannot take it for granted. Then God, it says, God desires. We should pay attention when the Bible says God desires. God desires not only our salvation, but that we would come to the full knowledge of the truth. And the truth here, brothers and sisters, is not that we would know about something about politics, or parties, or personalities. The truth here is about our salvation, the truth from the Word of God that continues to save us, to save us from our own sinful minds, our own sinful hearts. Before we get into biblical hope, we should look at what the most common uses of hope are in the world that we live in first. Hope is used most commonly as a desire for something good in the future, or that thing in the future that we desire. At the south end of Bay, as you round the bend, there's this ginormous billboard telling everybody how much money they can win if they just put down a few dollars of lottery tickets. 20 million to 500 million, all you have to do is go into this conveniently placed convenience store that happens to be under the conveniently placed billboard. (laughs) And then it says, you know, this is not for investment purposes, but it's a game of chance. And the chance in the United States on average of getting hit by lightning is one in 15,300 the chance of winning the big lottery payoff is 1 in 302 million. So it's right that they say it's not for investment purposes. We commonly say things like this, I hope I get into a good college, I hope my surgery goes well, I hope you get home safely from this, in this storm. And all of these examples have this element of uncertainty an element of chance. And that is not what hope means in the Bible. In all of these examples also, it's about this life and the life that we live in this world. And Paul says, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Biblical hope is not about chance. Or uncertainty. The word hope is used about 150 times in the Bible and it's not associated with wishful thinking or chance or uncertainty. Many Bible teachers and theologians have tried their hand at offering a definition of hope. Uh, so I took some pieces from a few and I've offered this definition. Uh, Biblical hope is the confident expectation of future good based upon the reliable word of God. The Greek word for hope is elpizo, meaning expectation with full confidence. We should also mention that we were, all of us, at one time, without hope. In fact, we were... Separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. One of the saddest things to see is hopelessness. You can see hopelessness in a children's a child's eyes, and it's heart-wrenching. Teachers and aides in schools have seen this, some of them see it daily. Toxic home life, troubles fitting in, bullying, and this new kind of self-inflicted gender confusion has all had a devastating impact on children, leaving, leaving and leading to this blank, empty stare of hopelessness, hence why we should all be praying for our schools. Pray for our schools, pray for our teachers, pray for those who work there. Yet by God's mercy, children facing hopelessness can become suddenly hopeful, full of joy, and with a connection to others as they put their hope and their trust in the name of Jesus. This was my testimony. In the famous love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, so now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. I think that when we read this, at least I have in the past read this, and then I've basically said, well, let's just forget about hope and faith because it just says the greatest is love. We should just figure out what love is and we're great. But this is, Paul was writing to a specific audience uh, with a specific need, and so he wrote it this way. These three are, in fact, faith, hope, and love, the abiding spiritual realities of the Christian life. There have been many sermons on love, many sermons sermons on faith, but not a lot of sermons on hope, Um, and surprisingly... We should understand the importance of hope in our Christian life. Hope is necessary to maintain our faith and our love. Faith can leak without hope. Love can wane without hope. Conversely, hopelessness can choke our faith and hopelessness can sap our spiritual life force so that we're only concerned with ourselves and we cannot love our neighbor and love our God. These three abiding spiritual realities are all interrelated. As 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the love chapter, Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. See the two? Faith and hope. The conviction of things not seen. Some translations, I think maybe King Jimmy, says, now faith is the, maybe the substance of things hoped for and things not seen. Um, Whether it's substance or assurance, the issue here is that our hope is not theoretical. Even though it's not seen, it's not theoretical. It has substance, it is assured, it is real, It is foundational, our hope. Let's look at some other faith, love, and hope verses. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 through 4. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, your labor of love, your steadfastness of hope, in our Lord Jesus Christ. Here we see, we start with the work of faith. Galatians 5, 6 says, uh, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything but only faith working through love. Faith is working, faith is not sleeping faith is working the outcome of your faith is to do something to share your faith to serve others to provide for the less fortunate to help that's what faith does it requires us to do something to work james says in chapter 2 faith by itself if it does not have works is dead And a little later, faith apart from works is useless. Then you have the labor of love. Labor, like work, means to do something. Do the hard work. Get in there. Do something. However, the labor here does not always have to be physical labor. The labor of love can be sharing can be teaching, can be listening to someone in our congregation that needs to be heard. That is a labor of love. Helping someone who is suffering is a labor of love. Then the steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Steadfastness means perseverance or endurance. Because we have hope, we can persevere and we can endure. There is a secret to perseverance. You know, there is. And this is a true statement, and you'll probably wanna write this down, because I'm gonna tell you the secret of perseverance right now. The secret of perseverance is to persevere. (laughs) That is a true statement. It's like the secret of swimming is to swim. I saw this John Wayne movie. The kid didn't know how to swim, so John Wayne throws him into the, swim, into the creek. I'm not recommending that, uh, but that's how you learn. All of us, if we've learned to swim, you start by swimming. And it's the same with um, prayer. You can read 15 books on prayer, but you know how you learn to pray? By praying. Right? So that's, that's what, what we do. That is what hope is. And it's enduring. One more faith, hope, and love verse. This is in First Thessalonians 5, 8 through 11. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, meaning as opposed to drunk, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of of salvation for God is not des- has not destined us for wrath but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep I think that means whether we are alive or dead in this, this amount we might live with him therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing Yes, it's not the same as Ephesians 6, uh, the our same armor. But uh, Paul was writing specifically to each uh, targeted our audience there. So it's different, a little bit different. Uh, but Paul is, um, is saying that in these, this verse, that the breastplate covers our vital organs, including our heart and the helmet, our head, which is really our mind's the breast the helmet of hope is for our minds <clears throat> how do we get this hope if you will right now turn with me in your bibles to first peter chapter 1 should be a bible in front of you if you don't have one first peter chapter 1 and we're going to start in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a doxology, uh, and it starts the same, interestingly enough, as Paul's doxology in Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his mercy, he has caused us to be born again to what? To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So here, keep your finger there because we're going to keep coming back here. So here we can see that our living hope, our living hope comes to us at our new birth, at our being born again. And the historical basis of and foundation of this hope is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So let's keep going on. Based on the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, to an inheritance that is imperishable, that means eternal, undefiled, that means there's no sin, and unfading, It is always the same. It doesn't fade. Kept in heaven for you. This is our hope. Verse 5. Who by God's power and being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed. When? In the last time. When is the last time? It is in the future. Sometime. Whether... Ten minutes or a thousand years? We don't know. The last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When? At the revelation of Jesus Christ. When is that? That is pointing forward for us. Though we have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not know now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. I know you want to break out in song right now. By the way, joy inexpressible is the only place in the Bible this phrase is used. Filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith. The outcome of your faith is what? The salvation of your souls. Wait a minute, I'm already saved. But there is a salvation that continues And at the end of the age, at the revelation of Jesus Christ, we are fully saved. We'll keep going on that point. When does this happen? When does the salvation of the soul, our souls, happen at the coming of the Lord in the future? Let's skip down now. Take your finger move down to verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action... Being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you when? At the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the point is, faith is now. Faith is now, and we hear the word of God, and it increases our faith now. Hope Though it is pointing us to something to come. Our hope in Christ is about what is to come for us. One day, the hope points us forward toward that day. Titus 2:11 through13, "For the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is our hope. This is what motivates us, keeps us going, persevering, enduring, because we have this hope. You don't wait for something that's already happened because it says waiting for. So we know that it is something that will take place, something that will happen. Galatians 5, another verse showing the future-looking aspect of hope. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. So to restate this again, faith is based on the word of God and is now. Hope is based on faith and looks to the future. It's not wishful thinking, it's not by chance. It is a confident expectation of good in the future, but it also isn't anxious. It isn't anxious. It's not an anxious hope. We're not trying here anxiously to figure it all out, the time, the hour, worried. We shouldn't be worried about what is to be a glorious appearing. We should be at peace, be at peace. So it is a peaceful, it is a serene hope for us. Hope is an essential part of our salvation, including our future full salvation. Romans 8, through 25. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with pains and childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoptions as sons and daughters. The redemption of our bodies. For this hope, we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For ho- who hopes for what is what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Now, in this age that we live in, and I've said this before up here, that we have this body of humiliation, and if you are young strong teenager that you have no idea what that means. <laughs> uh, but just wait a few years, and things start to fall apart. And uh, the, that, which, uh, you know, can, that which you could do earlier, you can no longer do, et cetera, et cetera. Don't wanna dwell on that because it's too depressing the body of our humiliation, and it's due to the fact, uh, and I've said this before, it's due to the fact that sin has entered our DNA, essentially. I know you can't see it in a microscope, but it's there. Sin is there, it's entered in by Adam, and that is what we're left with. Our bodies decay, they fall apart, that's the way it goes. Yet, brothers and sisters, we await the redemption of our bodies. This is part of our hope, the redemption of our bodies, and that would be our new glorified bodies. That is part of our hope. The verses in 1 John that you probably know, beloved, uh, we are the sons, the children of God. It has not yet appeared what we shall be, but we know that when he appears what we will be, Like him. We will be like him. We will see him as he is. We will be like him. This is a glorious, glorified, redeemed body. The new birth starts this process. When you're born again, it begins this process. From a vessel separated from God to a vessel containing God. To a new body in the next age. In this life, although we struggle with sin and self, and we still, have, we still have God within us, and within this spiritual union with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is this seed of hope. It is within us. Colossians. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints to them God chose to make known, that's us by the way, the saints. To, God, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery which is what? Christ in you. The hope of glory. Charles Spurgeon with his, all of his eloquence, I love his, the way he says things, said this. Other hopes fade like withering flowers. The hopes of the rich, the boasts of the proud, all these will die out as a candle when it flickers in the socket. The only imperishable hope is that which climbs above the stars, fixes itself upon the throne of God and the person of Jesus Christ. Because of the spark of faith, brothers and sisters, because of our repentance, and our forgiveness of our sins by his blood, because of his death and resurrection, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit, all by his mercy, we could be born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, and in this life, in this seed, is a living hope that points to our coming king. This hope should be infectious. We should be people of hope, And those around us should know that we are hopeful people. We should not look as though we are hopeless. I heard this story. I don't know where it came from, Kelide or something. A woman's in line at the grocery store. She's worried about the guy in front of her. She taps him on the shoulder, says, are you sick? He says, no, I'm just a pastor. And sometimes we as Christians mope about like we have no hope and we're like dejected or whatever. We, And I'm not talking about acting something. I'm not talking about trying to act out something that we're not. I'm just saying that we, this is what we are. We are people of hope. We have a glorious hope, a living hope. And it doesn't point to me. It points to our coming King. That is our hope. So the last verse is May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound or overflow in hope. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you have done for us. Thank you for our salvation and thank you with our salvation, there is this hope. We may not be able to see anything right now, but there is a coming King. There is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, in these times when everything is coming at us quickly, there's so many distractions, there's so many things that can tear us apart and tear us away from you, but I pray, Lord, that we would fix our eyes on the King of Kings, and that we would know that we have hope, a living hope, and we would be joyful, and we would be hopeful, and that everyone can see on our face that we are not the same as those in the world with no hope, but we are different because Christ is in us, and he is the hope of glory. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Hauser Community Church Online. Check back next week for the next unpacking of the Word of God. Please feel free to contact us with any questions you might have about the message or for pastor at area code 541-756-2591 or email us at pray at hauserchurch.org. Again, that's P-R-A-Y at H-A-U-S-E-R-C-H-U-R-C-H dot Our address is 69411 Wildwood Road, North Bend, Oregon, 97459. Remember, if you're seeking the truth, it will set you free. And that truth is Jesus Christ.